It's so great to be here this morning, and I just want to say a really big welcome to anybody that is tuning in today. I hope that you're all doing really well, um, especially any parents that have just been doing that homeschool experience. And, you know, I've done it. I have three kids, and boy, I mean, it is just not that easy, you know, especially if you're teaching different year levels. And I just want to take a moment to thank all of the teachers out there and everyone who's working hard to make this work. It's just a a, a crazy time that we're living in right now. And uh, I know that when I was doing the homeschool, you know, experience and and trying to teach my kids, it's just so easy for these guys to to lose focus. And um, especially some of my kids more than others, but they do, they lose focus. And yeah, you try to set them up and you put them on the computer and, and, you know, leave them and, and you come back and suddenly, you know what YouTube is on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how did this happen? Why is YouTube on? Come on, let's make sure that we stay focused and, and make sure that you're staying on your, on your work and, and doing all your work. And, uh, you know, one of the things it's done though, is it's actually allowed me to have some pretty good chats with, with my kids. And one of the things that I asked them, and I, I do ask them this on a regular basis. I say, Hey guys, what do you want to be? when you grow up, you know, like, what do you want to do for a job? And and the reason that I asked them that question is because I think it gives their study purpose. You know, like if they know the reason why they're studying, if it's working towards something, I feel like maybe, just maybe they'll be a little bit more focused. So I say, hey, come on, you know, what's the purpose behind this study that you're doing today? And, I, and I'm telling you, I, I think that finding purpose you know, it really isn't easy. You know, if I think back to my life in in high school, I can tell you I was not a great student. And while I've got the opportunity, I would just apologize to all of my teachers throughout high school because I, you know, the thing is, I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. In fact, if I think back to high school and think about the kind of student that I was, I had no sense of direction, no sense of purpose. I didn't know if I had any skills um, or talents or abilities or, or what, what is it, am I going to do with the rest of my life? And so I think that when we find purpose, it really changes the direction of our life. And I want to read a story to you guys today, uh, and it comes out of the book of Philemon. Philemon is this short little letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the guy, Philemon. And uh, there's no chapters, only verses. And he wrote this letter about a young guy that has had his life dramatically transformed. So I'm going to read to you uh, from verse 8 all the way through to verse 21. Uh, Sounds like a lot. Don't worry. They're really short verses. This is what Paul said. He says, Accordingly, though, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you, I, Paul, an old man now and a prisoner also for Christ Jesus. I appeal to you for my child, Wansimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So, If you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. 
If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. Say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some refreshment from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Wow, what a really pointed letter that the Apostle Paul writes to this guy, Philemon, about uh, this young man called Onesimus, who, who he says he's become, you know, in some way, his father. Now, I remember when I became a dad, and it was a great experience. And one of the conversations that I had with my wife, Sarah, is we talked about what we were going to name our kids. And, you know, my wife is much better at coming up with names because I think we went with all three of her names. But, but I have one son, his name's Judah, and then another Isaac, and then we have a little girl named Eliana. And when we were naming our kids, um, it really mattered to us what their names meant. So, for example, like Judah, his name means praised, and we, we like that. And then Isaac, his name means laughter. And I remember when we were having him, you know, dedicated in church and my pastor at the time, he said, this child, his name is Isaac and he will be like a comedian. He will want to be funny. He will want to be the center of attention. He'll want to make everyone laugh. And I can tell you that is absolutely what Isaac is like. I mean, he is just like that. He always wants to make people laugh. And then, you know, we had my daughter, Eliana, and, and her name actually means the Lord has answered my prayer. I think my wife, uh, was praying that she could have a little girl. And so the Lord did answer her prayers so that her name is Eliana. But I want to tell you this, that names are meaningful. And in the ancient world, if you knew somebody's name, it was almost like you knew their their very essence. You know, like if you knew somebody's name, it was meant to tell you something of their character, you know, what they were like. It would tell you something of their nature and even to to certain extent what their destiny was. I tell you that names, they mean something, not just to us, but they mean something to God as well. In fact, you might not even be aware of this, but God changes people's names and he has done this at certain points. You can read this in the Bible. For example, there was a guy named Abram and God changed his name to Abraham. And then there was another man, Jacob, and and God changed his name to Israel. And then Jesus had his own disciples. He had a disciple named Simon. He changed his name to Peter. And all of their names were more fitting for the direction that they were about to take. Well, Onesimus, his name uh, means useful. And the amazing part about this is that even though Onesimus' name is useful, he was anything but useful. In fact, it's kind of hard if you just listen to the scriptures that I just read. But if you do a little bit of reading and a little bit of research, Onesimus was actually a runaway slave, and he was from the city of Colossae. And, and if you read what commentators say about this guy, Wansimus, and I do, uh, they say that it's likely that what he really did here is he stole something from Philemon. And now what he is, is he's a fugitive in Rome, well away from Colossae, well away from his slave master Philemon, and he meets the Apostle Paul. Imagine that. What a coincidence. It happens to be the case that the Apostle Paul knows Philemon. And so Philemon, we, we get this picture that he is this wealthy slave owner who heard the gospel. Now, if you're just tuning in today and you don't know what the gospel is, let me explain it to you. I think that the gospel is the most outrageously encouraging and positively geared message that you could ever hear. The gospel is really this idea that God loves the world so much. And even though we're not perfect and we make mistakes, 
God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And if you believe that that's true and, and you ask God to come into your life and you, and you make a decision to follow him, he wipes your slate clean. He gives you a fresh start. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And so here he is. And, and uh, you know, this guy, Philemon, he hears, he hears the gospel from the apostle Paul who was doing a three-year mission journey. And he was in Ephesus, which is as close as he got, but he was probably about 160 kilometers from Philemon. And the message obviously carried, and they had this, this some kind of interaction there because that's how they know each other. And so the Apostle Paul, he writes this letter to Philemon, and he's kind of acting like a mediator. And he's really saying, hey, Philemon, Onesimus has been completely transformed by the gospel. The, the same message, filament that transformed your life is the exact same message that has transformed Onesimus' life. And, and so now he's sending Onesimus back to Philemon. And, and this is really what the Apostle Paul is hoping for. He's hoping that what will happen is that Philemon will forgive him. And he needs to forgive him because under ancient law, if you were to steal from a master and, and be caught then the penalty is death. So it's very serious. And so he really is hoping that when he sends Onesimus back, that Philemon will see that he's changed and he doesn't follow through on that, but sets him free. So this story that I read to you today, I want to tell you something. It is not unique. It's not unique. In fact, this is one of the most repeated patterns that you will find in the Bible. The central theme that's here is the theme of redemption. And if you don't know what the word redemption means, then let me explain it to you. In the Hebrew language, whenever God would redeem anything, it meant that he would restore it to its originally intended and created purpose. And so God, what I, what I think God wants to do is he wants to restore people to their originally intended and created purpose before they went off track. Now, when we read this scripture in verse 11, it says that Onesimus was useless but now he's useful. I don't know what Onesimus' parents were thinking when they decided to name him. Like maybe they had a conversation and they said, well, here's our little baby. And what do we see in his future? You know, what are we going to call this child? You know, is he going to be a communicator? Will he be a builder? Like, what is he going to do? We we need to name him something that's going to be, you know... Uh, you know, something to do with his destiny. What are we going to call him, you know? And and I don't know the conversation that they had, but maybe their hopes were that he would be, whatever he was going to be, that he would be useful. And so so they say, well, you know what? Let's just let's just imagine for our child, our, our son wants him that wherever he is in life and wherever he goes, that he's just helpful and, and he's useful to people. Let's, you know what? Let's call him once Wonsimus. Now, I can tell you this for certain that one of the things they were not hoping is that Onesimus would become a runaway thief. They were never hoping that that would be his life. And I would tell you this, that if his name meant useful and he was formerly useless, I can tell you that he was willing, he was living well below his created purpose. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that God has a unique purpose for everyone. Maybe you're listening to this message and you've never gone to church. You have no relationship with God. And I tell you the truth, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and the truth is you just might be further from it than someone that has a relationship with God because God's been able to reveal something more to them. But I tell you, God has a plan for everyone's life. But here's the catch. 
You you need to go to God in order to find it. You got to go to Him to find it. I remember a couple of years ago, I was chatting with a friend of mine, and this friend he would travel around to different sporting clubs, and one of the things that he would do is talk about the culture of the club and how to bring positive culture in, and and you know relationship dynamics and how to deal with the challenges that lots of young people would be facing today. You know, drugs and alcohol and and these kinds of things, and so. I said to my friend, I said, hey, why do you think that people turn to drugs and alcohol? Why do you think this is a problem that's so prevalent in you know, football clubs and, and not every football club, but in some clubs it can be from time to time? And, and why do you think this is something that young people struggle with? And I always remember his answer. He said, I think the reason that most people turn to drugs and alcohol is that they just have no purpose. And I tell you, those words really stuck with me. You know, in the absence of purpose, people find it so easy to get off track. And here's what you need to know. Getting off track is so easy. In fact, getting off track is just as easy as misdirecting your talents. Sometimes it's misdirecting your time or just misdirecting your energy. And I, you know what? I think that that is one of the most repeated patterns we see, not just in the Bible, but we see it in everyday life. Come on, this is real life experience here, isn't it? You know, people just misdirect all their skills, their talents and abilities, and they direct them in the wrong way and they give a wrong expression to it. And often it's easy for people to get off track. And let me tell you why I'm sharing this this morning, because I think that getting on track is just as easy. And what you need to do is just make a turn. In other words, you just need to redirect the energy, redirect all of that focus. And I think that that is incredible hope for parents. I mean, if, if, if you're a parent that has a, a young person that has, you know, maybe they're not in church, maybe you've never even been in church, it doesn't matter, they're just well away from what you imagined for their life, you know, and, and they're, they're caught up in all the kind of things that you would never want them to be caught up in. There is hope for parents in this, that people can actually have their lives completely transformed and redirected. Let me give you a couple of examples. If you go into the Bible and, and you read the, the scriptures, Jesus had a disciple by the name of Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector and, and not everyone liked him. And there's a good reason for that. I'll explain in just a moment. But, but Matthew was this guy who had an encounter with Jesus and his life was radically altered. I mean, he was a completely different person after having an encounter with Jesus, left his job and everything that he was doing and, and you know, moved on in a different direction. There was another guy, his name was Zacchaeus, and he was actually a chief tax collector. Now, to let you know, back then, a lot of the Jewish people, they didn't like tax collectors. And the reason would be that tax collectors would buy the tax debts from Rome. And then they would pass the costs of those tax debts onto the Jewish people, but they'd add a margin. And, you know, nobody ever really knew what the margin was, but they knew that tax collectors were really rich. So they kind of felt like they were getting ripped off by their own people. And as a result, a lot of people just didn't like the tax collectors. But look at this. Zacchaeus has this encounter with Jesus 
and he is totally transformed. The guy that formerly stole money from people and cheated his own people out of money, suddenly he is being exceedingly generous and giving away his money. I mean, he's just transformed. Think about the guy that wrote the letter Philemon that we're reading today. His name was Paul. And Paul was on the road to Damascus on his way to arrest some Christians and, you know, maybe even kill some of them. And he was you know, zealous about killing these people and so proud of his, you know, Jewish faith and all the rest. And here he is, he has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, is so radically altered by that experience, it changes the entire trajectory of his life. See, there are so many people that meet Jesus and they find new life and they find new purpose. And it's the same for once of us. And this, this next part is really important. I want you to see this. It wasn't until Onesimus encountered the gospel, that incredibly positively geared, encouraging message that I told you about. It wasn't until Onesimus encountered the gospel that he could fulfill his purpose. Don't miss this. He became useful after he encountered the gospel. And here is my whole point to you today. If you, I mean, gosh, if you remember one thing, let it be this. If you want to find your purpose, follow Jesus. If you want to find your purpose, follow Jesus. He is the one that has planned your life. He's got a plan for you. He's got a design for you. And I want to tell you, I don't, I don't know who is listening to this today, but you are not just the product of biology. You do not simply exist because your mom and your dad biologically, you know, they got together. That is not why you exist. In fact, God knew that you would exist at this exact moment. God knew that you would be here at this time. He even knew that you would be listening to this message right now. And I'm telling you the truth. He has got a plan and a design for your life, but you need to follow Jesus in order to get it. You know, one of the things that my kids and I, we love to do sometimes is we love to build stuff out of Lego. And occasionally we'll go to the shops and we'll get like a new Lego box. And it, you know you know how it is, like you tip out the packet and all the pieces sort of come out and, uh, and you've got this set of instructions. If I, if I took those instructions and I put them aside and I just started building whatever I wanted to build, I gotta tell you, I, I would not build anything like what the instructions had written down. If I mean, if I was just trying to do it from whatever I felt like building or however I think it should be built, it's not going to be the right design. I've got to follow some sense of plan, you know, and, and, and it's the same thing for us. And the best way that we can start to follow that plan is start to follow the one who can give us the plan. And, and that's Jesus. Now, I'm telling you all of this stuff, but I don't want anyone to get anxious about the sea of possibilities because, you know, that's one of the things that can happen. You think, oh, well, you know, maybe my life is off track. Am I following the plan? Is there another plan? Have I got the right plan? Come on, these thoughts can fill our minds. But but here's what I want to say. Don't get anxious about that stuff. Just keep following Jesus and let everything else unfold. I mean, Jesus has enough ability to bring into your life all the connections that you need, the people that you need to meet, the resource that you need to come across, every experience you need to have, even some of the challenges that you need to have in order to shape you and build you and and make you into the person that he wants you to be. Now, here's one of the things that I really love about God is that God can change everything about you. 
God can actually change what you're known for. I'm, I'm talking about your reputation. Now, I don't know what people think of you today, and I don't know how people think of you, but I can tell you this, he can completely transform your reputation. I remember when I became a Christian, my, my story is like so many stories, you know, I grew up as a kid going to church and, um, you know, then in my teenage years, went away from God and, you know, really it wasn't until I was 21 years old that I, I really came back to having some kind of relationship with God. But at the time I was working with this great bunch of people and they saw me transition from one person to the other. And I remember when I told them that I had started going to church and I'd given my life to Jesus and that I was going to be different. I remember about two weeks later, one of my friends, she came to me and she said, hey, so you still doing all that, you know, Christian stuff? I said, yeah, of course. Like, you know, I told you, I'm, I'm, my life has changed. I'm different. She said, oh, okay. A couple of weeks later, she said, are you still doing all that Christian stuff? I mean, are you still following Jesus? Is that still a thing in your life? I'm like, I told you, it, it's, it's, I'm changed. I'm, I'm, I'm different. About a month later, she asked me the exact same question. I mean, she just couldn't believe that I was making all these different decisions with my life. But that's what happens when you make a decision to follow Jesus. And I love reading the story of Philemon and, and Onesimus and, and the Apostle Paul, because I love seeing this transition of this guy. You know, here's Onesimus that was formerly useless but he encounters the gospel and has this encounter with Jesus, and now he's useful. I mean, he, he was a thief, and now he's incredibly honest. He was a sinner, and now he's a saint. But he's not a saint because he's so good and, and really righteous and, and, and he's become super holy. It's really because Jesus has forgiven him for all of the wrong things that he's done. And so, I mean, he's a saint in that regard. But this is the thing that you need to understand. It takes other people time to see that change. They don't always see everything that's happening internally in you. And so sometimes what happens is, is that you're going through changes. You're becoming a different person and, and people, they just, they don't see it all of a sudden. It happens over time. I, I can tell you one thing though. Jesus said, you will know my disciples by how they love one another. And that's not something that's witnessed necessarily as an event. What Jesus was really talking about is fruit over time. And if you watch people long enough, you start to see the transformation in their character. You start to see that they're, that they're changed, that they're different. So here is Onesimus and he's been sent to Philemon. And the truth is, I really, I have no idea. I don't know if Philemon saw Onesimus as a Christian because we don't get that side of the story. So I really don't know how things ended up for him, but I know one thing's for certain is that Onesimus was going back to Philemon to face whatever consequences were there. And, and he was going to take the time to show Onesimus or show Philemon that he had changed. Listen, it takes time to show people that your life is different, but you, you just need to be consistent. Here's something that the Apostle Paul said. He said, new Christians are new creations, and they have a new life, and they have a new purpose. I want to tell you today that Jesus is closer to you than hands and feet. Wherever you're listening to this message, you might be at home, you might be driving in the car, you might be just on your way to work, maybe catching the train, wherever you are right now, 
I want to tell you that Jesus is closer than hands and feet. And I promise you this, that he can change your reputation. He can change your life. He can give you a completely fresh start. And all you need to do is give your heart to him. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about the plans. and Don't worry about you know the, the endless sea of possibilities. Don't get anxious about this. Here's what I would tell you to do. Just one thing. Just give your heart to Jesus. Because if you give your heart to Jesus, your time, your energy, your focus, your direction, those things will follow. And I tell you all of this because that is the only way to ever find and live out God's purpose for your life. So here's what I want to do. I just want to speak for one moment to anyone that's listening to this message today. And even as you're hearing these words, you think, you know, that that's true for me. Like my life has got off track. And I've realized that this applies to both Christians and non-Christians. If you've never been in church I'm telling you that you can change the trajectory of your life right now. If you've never been to church, you can make that decision. If you have been to church and you just realize I'm on the wrong track, you can make a decision right now today and completely change the trajectory of your life. You can get back on track. You can find new life. You can have fresh purpose today. But it begins with making a decision to say wherever I'm headed and whatever I'm doing Today, I'm going to start to make a decision to follow Jesus. Whether you're far, maybe you're following distantly, maybe you're following closely, whoever you are, you just say, I'm going to make a decision to start following Jesus closely. You know what I want to do? I want to give him my heart. I want to give it to him. Maybe it's the first time today, you know, you've never made that decision before in your life. And you say, I want to give my life to Jesus or my heart to Jesus today. Maybe you're just one of those people that have misdirected your energy and, and, and your time. And, and you, there was a time when you followed Jesus, but now you just, you know, you feel far from him and you say, you know what? I want to give my heart to Jesus all over again. What I'd love to do is I would just love to lead you in a simple prayer. And you can do this wherever you are. I'm going to say a really simple prayer and, and you just repeat these words and you can say it out loud. You can just say, if you're on the train and you don't want to say it out loud, you know, you just say it to yourself. But, but I'm going to say a really quick prayer and you pray this prayer and repeat these words after me, and I promise you, your life will be totally different. So, so let me lead you in that prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me, that you died on the cross for my sins. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior, and I choose to follow you every day for the rest of my life. Give me fresh purpose Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I'm so happy for you. It's the start of a really significant journey. And I would encourage you, don't leave that decision just here today, wherever you are. In fact, one of the best decisions that you might make is to call the care the, the Light Care Line. And if you call that the Light Care Line, they will be able to help you get connected to a church because what you're doing today, it's not just a one-off moment. There's a journey that happens after this event. But I'm, I'm so happy for you and I, and I hope and I pray that your life will be different from this point forward.